to another episode of Old Case Files, where we discuss significant cases of the 1900s and earlier. I'm your host, Janice, and today we are discussing the Borden murders, a case that continues to be debated to this day. On the morning of August 4th, 1883, Andrew Borden and his second wife, Abby, were found murdered in Fall River, Massachusetts. Andrew was a wealthy businessman in a small town who lived with his two daughters from his first marriage, Emma and Lizzie, along with their housemaid, Bridget Sullivan. The morning of the murder wasn't ordinary, as the whole household had woken up very ill, but they had to go on with their days. Andrew went to the bank, Bridget cleaned the windows, and Abby had to clean the best bedroom. Lizzie stayed home, while Emma decided to stay at a friend's house. After cleaning for a while, Bridget took a nap, and around 10.30 a.m., Mr. Borden came home to read the mail in the parlor. You know, ordinary stuff. Except when the clock struck 11, Lizzie went to the barn, and when she came back, she came to see her father dead in the parlor, head in pieces. Bridget was soon woken up by Lizzie screaming for her to go get a doctor, which she did. And when they came back, they found Mrs. Borden's body in the guest bedroom, lying face down with her head, also in pieces, just like Mr. Borden. The autopsy would show that she was struck 19 times while Mr. Borden had been struck only 10. It is also important to note that the autopsy had showed Miss Borden had died before Andrew, and because of that, Andrew's inheritance went to Lizzie and Emma rather than Mrs. Borden's, well, family. And then, one week after the crime, police charged and arrested Lizzie Borden with the crime. Okay, so, if I remember correctly from what I've heard about this case before, There was no super definitive evidence against her, right? Yeah, all the evidence was circumstantial. Um, Lizzie had bought some poison to kill rats a few days before, which some suspect had been in the food the night before, and that's why everyone woke up sick. But there's no proof. And she had reportedly burned a dress in the kitchen stove, that she had said had paint on it, but that wasn't proven either. So they didn't have much to go with, and they didn't have a cause, well, not a strong cause. They only had the fact that Lizzie called her stepmother Miss Borden instead of mom. And so it took them like a whole entire year to like try to make a case against her and yeah the trial lasted a few days but it ended with the jury just you know proving her not guilty so other than the case being unsolved why are we talking about it today the case is pretty old but it still is debated like i said at the beginning of the show Um, historians and lawyers, they still debate over whether 
Lizzie was truly innocent or if she got away with murder. And, you know, novels, plays, and movies nowadays, they've kind of popularized it. And it's probably not stuff you've heard, but it's out there. <laughs> and, well, if we go back then, it was an important, it was kind of an important case then. Um, it just kind of highlighted the need for fingerprinting and more advanced forensic methods because they didn't have that back then. What happened to Lizzie, like, after the murder? Lizzie ended up becoming a recluse, living alone with the pets. Yeah, she had parties, had some celebrities over, but she had a temper. That it so it didn't last very long. And she didn't marry, was completely rejected by her community. So she was alone. Yeah, she had her sister for a few years, but her sister eventually moved out. And when she died, she ended up dying alone. Mosley returned ten minutes later and searched around the area for her, finding her in the back hall of the building, barely conscious. He said after several more times, sexually assaulted her and stole $49. The police finally responded to a call a couple minutes later after the last attack, and she died on the way to the hospital. Because of the circumstances involving the amount of witnesses and no action, this case sparked interest in what is called bystander effect, the unwillingness of a group of witnesses to help in an emergency. It's a type of diffusion of responsibility when people assume someone else will take action in an emergency.